Welcome back to the Envision Fishing Podcast. In this episode, we talk to Randy Howell. We also have a little special on-location fishing session with Rich at the end. So stick around and hear all the great fun we had. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Envision Fishing Podcast. I'm Curtis Clark, and I'm here with my co-host, Richard Clark. How are you doing today, Rich? I'm doing awesome. How about you? We're doing great. So we have a really exciting guest. Let's go ahead and get right to it. Our guest today is a former Bassmaster Elite um, champion. He won the Bassmaster Classic in 2014. Our guest is Mr. Randy Howell. How are you doing today, Randy? I'm good, guys. How are y'all doing today? Doing great, man. Yeah, good to have Thank you. Welcome, Randy. Appreciate y'all having me on the show. I'm really excited to have you. You're a um, you fish with a company that is by far my favorite crankbait I've ever used. I absolutely love them. You fish with Livingston Lures. That's right. That's right. We've uh, we've kind of. I'm kind of the. The, the face on Livingston face on Livingston's brand, you know, because I believe in the sound technology so much, and, you know, I've got so much confidence in it. And I started with those guys right out of the gate in uh, 2012 and 13 and just been great to come out and develop baits that catch fish that have, you know, the patented sound that sounds like crawfish and sounds like shad and just has the science, you know, the behind the bait that, that the fish, eat every day what they feed on every day and so i've been working on working with those guys and eric over there they're great and fred and basile and we've been developing stuff since uh, i won the classic in 2014 at gunnersville on that bait that ended up becoming the howler series just because of my name a namesake bait so it was kind of a, a cool deal to, to get to do that and little by little we've we've kind of built a little bit of everything now from square bills and shallow mid-range deep top waters we've got everything now and i'll tell you it's uh and the price we brought the prices they've been able to bring the prices down because of volume and buying more parts and you know getting the volume up more and bass pro shops has kind of been the the leader in sales for livingston and uh so we're we're excited as bait have baits that catch fish and um, get more hope to get more and more people to give them a try and believe in that technology and know that it's not a gimmick it's not an infomercial it's a real deal that catches fish that ebs technology when i saw it um i was actually at um the bass pro shop in memphis their um opening weekend and i was told to get the howler and gunnersville crawl and yeah. i was like a 20 dollar bait that's kind of expensive but i'm gonna try it so i went home first cast caught me a nice little two pounder second cast caught another one and i have been hooked ever since there is something about yeah. that ebs technology that is just absolutely amazing yeah that's right they, they must have jacked the price up to 20 bucks back then uh Oh yeah, they, they were. They didn't have many of them or something. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we were selling. They were selling fifteen ninety nine. They were back ordered forever. So I think some of the stores might have raised the price a little while the supply and demand was low. And yeah, so, they, I uh, think but, I paid. But now you know that same bait 
because of volume and getting prices down, you know, over the years. And Livingston's actually cut their margins down real low, just trying to get them out there to more people. And uh, but you can buy that nine, that bait for nine ninety nine now at oh. Bass Pro and on the LivingstonLures.com website and everywhere else. So I love affordable now. I love that Howler DMC man. I I've I don't know how many of those I have bought over the years. I am really good at leaving them in trees for people to see. <laughs> um, it's very common for me to walk around a lake or be out on the boat and be like, oh, yep, there's one of mine that I can't reach. Yeah. <laughs> they don't work yeah. as well on trees. If he, can, if he can use something that helps him catch fish, he's going to use it because he needs it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. You know, when you fish for a living, if you got something that'll – uh, you know, it, it's not a it's not a thing that I that I try to tell people that hey, if you throw this bait, you're gonna catch every fish in the lake. You're gonna catch more than everybody else because it's still fishing, and you still got to make a fish bite. What that sound technology does, it just makes that bait have have be more natural, and it gives you a bet, and it draws that fish to the bait. And you know, they don't always eat it, but it draws them in there and gets them more likely to strike and more likely to to be called and that you know that's what it's all about and just one more chance one more just a little more likely to put more fish in the boat on any given day in a tournament it's worth it you know and uh and a good thing and they and they bait still catch fish even if they even if they don't have sound in them you know i've still got some baits that i haven't lost yet that are you know a year year and a half old and the sound the battery wears out after four or five hundred hours uh, but that's a lot that most time people are going to lose a bait before they fish that much with it. But we fish so much with so many tournaments that, you know, we put four or 500 hours on a bait in a season or less. So, uh, but I've still got some that are just beat up and eat up and I've got confidence in, I'll still throw them even without the sound sometime in them just cause I got so much confidence and they always catch fish, you know, as a regular bait when the, when the battery runs out. So that's a good thing about it. So it's great. You know, people pay like now. You know, Brett Heights Jackhammer Chatterbait is fifteen ninety nine to to nineteen ninety nine. People pay that much for one Chatterbait that's gonna hang up and get broke off easier than a crankbait. So I mean, now, you, you, you buy a crankbait for ten dollars. You know, that ain't too bad these days. Yeah, I'm super. I was super right. excited whenever they um, lowered the price of the Livingston, and they've added the three different series. The what is it? The tournament, the pro, and the Oh, there's right. and the, the, the team the, Livingston the team series. Yeah, yeah. I loved that because <laughs> I mean, I love your, the lures to begin with. I really do. I I have a it, lot of them. It's really neat to me that that you guys have put the sounds in there because not a lot of people, you know, general public is not going to even know that a crawfish makes a sound. Yeah, that's right. So that's 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 something really cool that. You guys have actually been able to accomplish it. Yeah, they, the te Texas State, I'll tell you a little history about it. I do this a lot at my seminars at Bass Pro but uh, in Cabela's, but the Texas State University there uh, close to San Antonio where, where Livingston is located, they they worked together with Livingston how it all came about. They, they lived, the guy that invented Livingston wanted uh, to figure out who could give him the sounds of those bait fish that he could put in a sound chip uh, much like a a battery and chip that's in a 
greeting card like you buy a birthday card it sings happy birthday or some other song that's where the idea came from he thought what if we could put the fish you know the live bait fish sounds in a chip and put it inside a fishing lure how would that work so he went to inventing it and made it happen and then you know figured out where can i get the sounds and as he did research he found out at texas state university the biology department there the guys that major in biology they they go out and they record these sounds and do a lot of stuff for studies in the biology department so they started you know working together with them and paying the 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 school the university for these sounds and it, and it kind of helps the biology department grow and, and get better and it helps livingston have the sound and so those kids go out and record the sounds with these you know high-tech probes and microphones underwater uh in streams with crawfish you know prodding a crawfish and make them raise up in defense and make the sound that they make the ticking sound so like I say they've got over 30 recordings of that many different sounds and they put the sound that's the color of the baits and now one sound bait like the 999 green package lure which is a tournament series that bait if it's red crawfish, it's going to have crawfish sound. If it's a silver or white or shad type color, it's going to have a shad sound. And, you know, if it's a brim color, it's going to have a brim sound. So now we've got every sound to go with the color. And that in itself is really cool. That oh, is, that's amazing. That's yeah, really cool. So it is. If we just get people to, to, to try it and believe in it, that's the problem. There's so many people that have been, you know, beat down by infomercials and gimmick baits over the years. And, you know, we've got baits that look great now. They vibrate and they work great. And they do everything that every other, you know, major brand bait does, except they have that sound in them. So there's no reason for people not to try it. The price is about the same as everybody else. You just got to get past that stereotype of it being a gimmick because it's got electronics in it so hopefully that's my job we'll continue to do it and people keep catching fish like you guys and tell the world about it and more people will buy them and you know and we'll all keep catching more fish all the time we're still working on developing i was on the phone with them in china this morning uh facetiming with eric three-way call with the engineer in china you know working on the walking boss uh junior walking boss two junior and the walking boss juniors so trying to make a smaller you know top water offering you know much like the super spook now has a junior super spook and we're hoping to have a walking boss junior to go with the regular size and just trying to you know get the balance right when you put a battery and a chip in a bait you know it doesn't float the same unless you counterbalance it or have more air in it to hold the bait up and make it float so it's a real fine line to uh design and develop baits that have all this stuff in them and they still float and they still vibrate and they still do everything they're supposed to do so that's what we're always doing to try to have better and more and and have everything needed because i really you know i don't like to even have to tie on another brand of any kind anymore because i've got so much confidence in the sound you know i want livingston to have everything that everybody else has so i can throw a livingston all the time that's my goal and that's what we're working toward that's pretty cool so with the time of the year it's the springtime everybody knows this is like the most fun time of the year to fish uh yep. what are you what are you throwing and what are you throwing it on yeah, this, this is my favorite time of the year as we go from the pre-spawn into spawn time. Um, uh, I had a couple uh, good tournaments already this year on the Bass Pro Tour with the with the crawfish colors, the 
Uh, and then last week I had a bad tournament at North Carolina, unfortunately. I was really still still a little sore over that one because I still frustrated that I never found the right area, <laughs> the right part of the lake. I never just never got in the area of the lake that, that the fish were at in those two lakes, Falls and Jordan both. But um, anyway, the, you know, crawfish and rocks and, you know, muddy water, high water and uh, red clay and all that stuff goes hand in hand for – for the red colors, you know, so Gunnersville crawl that we named it for after the classic here, um, has, has orange and red and black, all that blend together. And that kind of covers a lot of spectrums in the spring. And then if the water's real dirty, um, the, the, uh, the spring crawl, which is a real hot, kind of a hot, you know, flaming red, uh, with black on it that that's the color i throw when it gets real dirty then if it starts to get a little more clear and like like it has been doing like gunnersville now i just got home yesterday and you know looking outside here at the lake it's uh cleared up a lot because it hadn't rained lately so now when the water gets clearer sometimes they don't want that real bright red they want more of a muted red and orange and i we've got a, a color called oaky crawl i, I named it for oklahoma because Oklahoma, I was thinking I was going to win the Classic in Oklahoma that year on Grand Lake with this color. <laughs> and so I named it Oki Crawl, hoping, and I, and I almost did. And then Edwin Evers kind of stole it out from under me there. But that uh, that color has a green pumpkin, kind of a green pumpkin, olive green color like you see on a lot of crawfish. If you pull one out from under a rock somewhere or see one in a fish's mouth, they've got a lot of green olive in them and then they have red claws orange pinchers and belly and that's kind of what that oaky crawl is so i use that in more clear water and uh and i and it's all about the setup you know we talk with you know every pro promotes their rod and reel brands that are sponsored by and you know and i do the same thing but with with our stuff with daiwa you know it's real technique specific and it's all about you know being more efficient you know you can throw my crankbait or any other crankbait on any other any rod and reel and you're going to catch fish on it just the same but how many you're going to land uh is the difference you know everybody's going to get bites and everybody's going to you know reel the ones in that eat it good and you can't lose them but when you get you know 10 bites and and i get 10 bites and if you don't have it on the right rod reel and line you might land six or seven if you're lucky and i'm going to try to land all 10 with that right setup and that that seven foot medium light is my specialty cranking rod and i've I've worked on that rod for years they made it in a regular tatula model that i won the classic that year on in 14 but then as we've built tatula elite series rods which is our team you know pro team me and ishman Rowe, ren ayler cody meyer seth fighter takahiro um, all these guys that we're on the team that we have silver rods. Those rods are silver and gray, and they've got our names on them. I've got five models with my name on it, two spinning rods and three bait casters. So my seven-foot medium light, it says right on the rod, so you don't have any problem knowing what rod you need. The technique specific, it says shallow cranking slash lipless slash jerk bait. So that rod covers that whole spectrum of treble hook baits, so, uh, you know, it's got a eight, eight and a half inch handle, which is a little shorter than a normal 10 inch handle on most bait cast rods. It's got medium backbone and then it's got a soft tip and it's graphite and it's lightweight. So you can feel the vibration. You can feel it bounce off of stumps or rocks and you can feel the fish bite it versus a fiberglass cranking rod. It's heavier and it doesn't have any feel to it. 
then you kind of feel the mush of whatever you hit. You don't really know if it's a fish right. or not. And some people like right. fiberglass, but I'm not a glass guy. I like that lightweight graphite. And um, and so and I pair that up with the Tatula 100 baitcast reel, 7.1 retrieve, and 12-pound gamma fluorocarbon line, and that's my setup to be you know most efficient. I'm I sorry. love the idea that you got that you have put the the baits on the rod. I I I, I can't believe that somebody hasn't done that prior. Yeah, yeah. Some you know a lot of a lot of companies you know do that and have done that. There are other companies that have technique specific you know rod models and all that but we're we're just kind of uh doing it in an even more detailed way um you know so brent ayler has a has a versatile rod uh that's kind of a multi-purpose versatile rod and then he's got a he's got a shallow or cranking uh glass rod for got people that like glass you know and then ish monroe has got the frog rod and the punching and flipping rods and the you know, all those models that are real specific, they have the AGS to light, real lightweight guides on them that, that make the rod very, very light. And uh, so it's a little bit of everything. We work hard with those guys. Those Japanese engineers are so uh, particular, trying to make the best stuff they can make and keep the price affordable for the average, you know, weekend angler. You know, those rods are, you know, starting $179. And so that's not a bad price for a great rod. It's got, you know, five-year warranty if you break it. So you can't beat that. Wow, well, I can promise awesome. you, we, we we appreciate keeping the price down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I know that. exactly right. And uh, especially with the high school and college fishing is growing so big now. And my boys both fishing in high school. I see and hear, you know, the talk from all the parents. And, you know, we're, we're Gunnersville High School here uh, in Gunnersville. Me and my wife, Robin, helped coach our fishing team here and uh you know most of these kids and a lot of parents they don't really have the money to be spending you know you know four or five hundred dollars on rod and reels a lot so you know getting the best product for the cheapest price is what it's all about and uh and Iowa helps do that so wasn't that what did um did your boys fish in the high school tournament um and gunnersville this past weekend yeah sure did they uh my my youngest son oakley and his partner cole they finished seventh in the junior division and but they only had uh three fish that weighed eight pounds and it was pretty tough only took 12 pounds to win the junior division so they missed it by a little bit and then laker and his partner jansen they they were disappointed they really thought he was going to do good and you know he uh he they had a couple jansen had a two big ones get off on a buzz bait and uh and then they just kind of i think the momentum shifted when they lost those fish early and then that wind started blowing 25 miles an hour and they just never made the right adjustments didn't get many bites the rest of the day and only had three that weighed eight pounds also and it took 13 to eight to make the nationals um you know bass take makes the top 10 percent of the field qualifies for the national championship so they didn't get it done there where he was hoping to do it at so now he's got to do it in one of the last two or three more places that are left so hopefully he'll get it on track and be ready well we i know rich and i both want to wish your boys both of them good luck for the rest of their season yeah i appreciate that and they they're loving it and we'll uh we'll be at chickamauga next week in uh starting uh, the bass pro tour event there next week and that's going to be a slug fest and uh, Laker, Laker and Oakley are going to be doing some fishing up there. Bryan College, uh, Laker signed a, 
a fishing scholarship for Bryan College, you know, back a couple of weeks ago at the Classic. And Bryan College is there in Dayton, Tennessee, on Lake Chickamauga. So uh, we're excited to be representing that school kind of as a family. And we're going to be working with those guys closely and helping their, their fishing team grow. And uh, Lakers will get to fish up there on Lake Chickamauga and start learning some new water here pretty soon. So speaking of um, gun or you know the Bass Pro Tour, um, you guys have a series coming back to Alabama soon, don't you? Yeah, we do. We're going to be at uh, Smith Lake at the end of April and the first few days of May. So that's uh, that's coming pretty soon, and that's going to be a it's going to be a cool event there. And that's one thing different about the our Bass Pro Tour. We can fish you know slot limit lakes now like smith lake where there's a slot and most tournament guys you know you can't weigh in that that 13 to 15 inch spotted bass or whatever you catch you you know but now with with catch weigh release every fish counts so we're you know smith lake is full of pound and a half to two and a half pounders that sometimes are outside of that slot or, or inside of that slot so we'll be able to weigh them in so i'm thinking we're gonna have a good event there with a lot of fish caught well, I know that um, you're you'll get to see somebody you've seen a few times before. That's me. Like we, I know me and you have met down at a Costa event at Gunnersville. We met at the. Um, I saw you at the Classic and talked to you there. Um, yeah. At Smith at Smith Lake. Um, that week is my birthday, so I'll be heading down there. Um, every chance I get, because I live in Huntsville, so I'm gonna come and root you guys on and cheer for you. That's great. Yeah, it'll be a good event if you're around the area. Make sure to come out Bass Bass Pro Tour. It'll be in Coleman, Coleman, Alabama, and right there, not far off the interstate in downtown Coleman, they'll have the the big stage set up. Which is, if anybody's not really seen it yet, it's a co- it's like a college game day set. They bring that big set and put it in a parking lot. Have the big screens up for people to watch the live event going on all day, and they'll have stuff out there for you know activation for sponsors and products and things for people to come out and see and uh and then we'll do our post game show when we finish fishing in the afternoons at 3 30 we'll drive back into town and everybody lines up and goes through the line with the truck and boats just you know 40 guys but the top 25 each day roll through there and you can get to see the trucks and boats and the wraps and the sponsors and then roll through and the fans they have a big area for the fans to to meet and greet with the pros so it's a good time to come out get some autographs pictures and uh, meet your meet the guys you follow and uh, we appreciate all everybody's support and this tour is the is the new wave of the future and we're excited to be part of it and helping grow it and build it into uh something great for all our our kids coming behind us well randy i know you're a busy man um Rich, is there anything that you want to ask him before we um, head off here and let Randy go and do his stuff? I, I do. I, I got just one quick question. Right. Something you mentioned just a minute ago <laughs> that while you're in tournaments, you guys catch, you know, um, smallmouth. And I I have fished men now near, not near as much as you guys, but I fished a lot and I have never caught a smallmouth. <laughs> Really? When I'm out fishing. Never. Yeah. Well, that's all in where you're fishing at, though. That's the biggest thing, you know, where if you if you only fish, um, you know, some of these lakes around Alabama now that have a lot of smallmouth in them, you know, Pickwick is probably your best lake 
to have a best chance of catching a smallmouth, I think, in Alabama. And uh, but in Gunnersville, it's got a few in it. But I've I've fished Gunnersville a lot, and I've only honestly only caught I think two smallmouth in Gunnersville because I haven't fished up the lake a lot. And I hear a lot of guys say if you fish way up above uh, Scottsboro, way on up there toward Chickamauga Dam, Chattanooga, up that way, you can catch a lot of smallmouth up there. I have a preacher buddy that goes up there like a bunch during the week on Wednesdays and he he tells me all the time sends me pictures all the time of smallmouth up there I just don't have time to ever go chasing <laughs> after them but but they're up there and they're fun to catch so I mean you need to you need to set that as a goal go somewhere and catch you a smallmouth <laughs> I, 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 I set that goal all the time and I still can't get them yeah go to Pickwick and go up there around that dam in Florence area and you'll catch a smallmouth I guarantee you that you go up there right now this time of year from now through May those smallmouth all come up that river and spawn in that horseshoe area on the left before you get to the dam. It's a big slack water area where the current's not too bad, and it's full of big boulders and rocks, so you can troll the motor around in there and guarantee you go around there and throw your Livingston crawfish crankbait, and you'll catch them. My boys caught 19 pounds of smallmouth in December there in the Bassmaster High School tournament and finished third. Wow. And uh, all, all on the actually caught them on a yellow crawl, the yellow chartreuse crawfish color it wasn't a real wasn't a red but that was back in december so there's a lot of smallmouth up there close to that dam that's awesome man well curtis and i are gonna have to get out there we're gonna have to get up there when i come down there that's right that's right uh all right well randy i know you're a busy guy and i know you got a lot of stuff to do today so i want to thank you for your time um and joining us and we really really appreciate you calling in is there any way that um you want uh or anything you want to tell the people out there where to find you how to look you up and all that stuff yeah we pre- i appreciate y'all having me on the show and um you know follow us we keep up with we keep instagram pretty pretty updated daily uh it's randy howell fishing on instagram and also randy howell fishing on facebook and twitter and uh, pretty easy to find us. RandyHowell.com is the website, and uh, just follow us. And we got a lot of cool stuff, you know, showing and posting and trying to help teach people how to catch fish. And that's what we're all about. So uh, if you're in the Alabama area, come out and see us at Smith Lake. You know, April. I think it's April 28th or 9th through May the 3rd, something like that. And uh, and it'll be a fun time. And if you're outside of Alabama, we'll be in Tennessee at Lake Chickamauga next week uh for you know april 8th through the 13th i think so thanks again for following us and appreciate you having us on the show and hope all you guys have good luck catch some fish this spring thank you man and thank you again we'll talk to you soon thank you very much sir all right take care talk to you next time all righty man all righty thank you bye-bye so rich that was awesome I, i that was really awesome talking to randy i really enjoyed that I did too. He's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's, he, really he's cool. very full of information. I loved it. I did too. I really want to try some of his, um, some of those rods he was talking about. I want to go get his um, yeah. medium light crank rod from Daiwa, dude. I, like, I want one. I never thought I to use too. a medium light for a crankbait. I always use medium for a crankbait. Yeah. So. Yeah, I do too. That's as a matter of fact. That's what I'm using right now as we're talking. It, so you're you're lucky right now because you can be mobile whenever we do these podcasts. You're, what do you tell everybody what you're doing right now? I am in Chesterfield, Missouri, 
on Ladue Road. Anybody that knows where Ladue Road is, at a pond. I am fishing. That is awesome, man. I it's a little bit harder for me to go and as we could call it, fishing on location or recording on location. <laughs> um, my, you said it. You said it best the other day. Um, my desk isn't as mobile as um, a cell phone is. That's right. So you're out there fishing right now. Have you caught anything yet? Not yet. All right. But well, you'll hear me as soon as I do. Oh, I'm sure. I, I hope I hope so. So Oh yeah. I'm assuming knowing you, because we all know that it's just not for breakfast anymore, you're probably throwing a black and red or black and blue, I'd say probably strike king buzz bait. Well, not yet. Not yet? And it's not a strike king. Not it's not a strike king, it's a laser eye. Oh, the laser eyes are great. But I wait. That's right. See, I see. I was pretty close, though. Am I right on the color, though? You, it, it's on my yeah, it's <laughs> on my rod. It's right there. I will be very shortly. But I decided to throw a crankbait. Believe it or not, I know that you're not a big crankbait fisherman. I'm not. But last week, I was right here at the same pond, and I pulled out four, four, yes, four. So you caught four. Two. That's really cute. I did. It's really cute. It is. It's well, really two. Well, one was two and a half. One was two. One was a, a pound. And one was a half a pound. Nice, man. So I went fishing. I think it was Sunday. No, Saturday. I went fishing. I didn't catch four. I didn't catch more. I, I only caught three. But I got out of the yeah. truck. And as I'm standing there, I, I had had something tied on that I um, didn't want tied on, um, and I was switching it. Actually, really kind of funny. I was putting on the Livingston Lures Pro Sizzle, like topwater bait. It's like a spook. I was That's yeah. literally what I was tying on, which is just kind of funny. Um, but a guy who just came off the lake, and I'm like, did you catch anything? And he's like, no, nah, man, I've been out here for a couple hours, and I've had one bite, and I didn't even get to bring him in. So... Knowing, so knowing me, I'm like, oh man, this is gonna suck. But it's gonna be a good day because I'm still fishing. Got it. Got one. Sorry, got one. Got one. Fish on. Ow! And he's got me. Ow! Well, you're supposed to hook the fish. The fish, hook, the fish isn't supposed to hook you. Oh, two hooks right in the finger. Like good night. Deep. But I got him. So I'm assuming there those go. hooks weren't Back deep. in the water he goes. So huh? the, the hooks in your hand weren't deep then. We don't need to call ER or anything, right? No, but I'm bleeding. Oh. I'm really hurt. Oh, poor baby. So. I know. <laughs> hey, you caught a fish. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so back to my story. I walked down to the lake. And I pulled out, it was, it was overcast and it was, it wasn't nasty out or anything. It was beautifully warm and everything. I know the fish were going to be, really already. You can just keep talking. You can just okay. keep talking. Okay. So, uh, we, I, I walked down there and I know that the, the, the fish are going to be up close to the bank. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and throw my whopper plopper out there. 
But I forgot that the week prior, I broke a hook off my front hook of oh, my no. Livingston lure. So I was throwing it, or, or not on my Livingston lure, on my Whopper Plopper, and I'm throwing it out there. And it wasn't anything that the Whopper Plopper's hook did wrong. It was me being stupid, and I ended up breaking it off into a um, into wood, into a freaking log in the water. Oh, that sucks. I wasn't out there five minutes, and I pulled in my first two-and-a-half-pounder. Ten minutes later, throwing the same bait, I just moved down a little bit farther. I pulled in another one. And then all of a sudden, I realized something. These bass started hitting it from the side instead of yeah but when you don't have that front hook the way it's supposed to that makes it real hard for (laughs) for you to um for you to get that hook in them i missed it does i missed nine fish because of it and i'll guarantee you it was just because of that and that's weird yeah why why didn't you just put another hook on it because I was running out of time. I didn't want to spend a lot of time um, switching hooks, and I didn't have any other. <laughs> I, I switched out the. Um, I switched out to another whopper plopper, and it was a different color. Started throwing it and thinking maybe I'll start catching these fish I'm missing. They didn't want nothing to do with it, so I went back to the color I initially started with the bad hook. And by the way, now it does have a new hook on it, but it didn't then. So I caught right. one more, but all all three of the ones I caught were on the front hooks, and I watched them blow up on it from the side, not from the back or the front or anything. They all blew up on it from the side. That's, I mean, it's cool that you got to see that so you could tell, but I wonder why they were doing it from the side. Yeah, I don't know. It was really weird. I've never seen that. I never have noticed something like that before. It was really, really kind of neat to see. Right. Um, So I've caught a couple in the last few days. You've caught now apparently two since you've been on the phone. How many? (laughs) And you caught four last week. Um, Been catching any more? Um, I did earlier, uh, about a month ago, I was able to catch a couple. Nothing huge, uh, just some little guys. That's... It was right after the thaw started, and um, I uh, I caught him on on a worm, of course, because it was slow. Just pulling it slow through the water, and making sure that I could uh, try to nail something. I hear you. So, the day I got back from the Bassmaster Classic, you know, I got back on that Sunday, and I got back in plenty of time and I, you know, I wanted to do something when I got back. I'd been around fishing all weekend, so I wanted to actually do some of my own fishing. I went out. And oh, I can imagine. I went out to the same little pond right by my house and I'm out there and man, this guy that was out there, who's a young kid. And it was really awesome. He was maybe 19, 20 years old at, at most. He was probably younger than that. He had two rods and reels, and he just kept switching back and forth between the two. And, I mean, he probably caught 12 to 15 in two hours. But out of those 12 and 15, 12 to 15, I think the biggest one I saw him bring in was maybe a pound and a half. 
No kidding. Yeah. I was out there for a little bit. Like I said, not very long. And I brought in four. And the four that I brought in, total weight to get to buy, combined, probably was close to 11, 12 pounds. I mean, he, nice. was, he was he was catching little ones. And he was catching them real fast. I wasn't catching them as fast, but I was catching a lot bigger. Could you tell what he was using? No, man. And it was really, really weird because I was looking and trying to figure it out. I know he had a spinnerbait on one, but it looked like one of the like small mouth, um, small frame um, spinnerbaits on one of them. But I couldn't tell what was on okay. the other one because every time I moved on the lake trying to get a little bit closer to see, he would move a little bit. He pretty much stayed on the complete opposite of the lake from me the whole time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but it's been a so lot he just of didn't want you to be close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I wasn't even close, man. I was still quite a bit of ways. I was just trying to, if I moved 10 feet, he moved 10 feet. So, oh, wow. Yeah, like, it was, it was kind of strange. I'm like, this is a big enough lake that I could walk halfway to you and we would still have plenty of room. So. There she is. Got another one? No, 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 no. I was trying to get you to hear my buzzing bait. Oh, I, I heard something. Yeah, yeah. Let's see it. I'm just going to see it for this. Uh, we got anything up close yet? Well, I know that the other day, this is about the time of the day I went out, and they were sitting up real tight. They were about, oh, yeah? yeah, they were in real shallow water, and they were only about three feet off the um, bank. Well, what sucks is we, uh, the last couple nights, it's been really cold. Yeah, it might so, have pushed them back out a little bit. Yeah, the water, of course, here in Missouri, you know, it's always a guessing game on what the temperature of the water is because we do have the cold nights and then it warms up during the day and then it just really messes with the temperature. Yeah. I mean, we've got that a little bit going on still here. Like last night, it was it was a little chilly, and the night before it was a little chilly. But I mean, during the day, like I'm in jeans and a t-shirt, and I went outside um, before we recorded and everything, and it was still pretty nice. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you're out there fishing, man. And we both been catching fish. We're doing pretty good for the year. Um, yeah, not doing bad. Just for just starting out for the year, not a bad start. So I was thinking because I know who's coming up next on our um on our on next week's podcast and I know you know who's coming up. You think we should I'm going to tell everybody. You think we should tell everybody? I think we should tell everybody because I think this guy is absolutely an amazing guy. Next week, everyone, we have Ronnie Green from A Fishing Story. If you haven't watched his show, you need to watch his TV show, man. It is absolutely amazing. I love that show so much. I've watched every episode that I've found on Amazon Prime. Um, he's got a season or two on there. Um, I've looked up his his show on YouTube, watched it there. He's had some really cool guests, and it's always really, really neat. Yeah, I've been on... Uh, I've been on- well, you just said it. Uh, Prime. I couldn't think of it. <laughs> I've been on there and caught a couple of them too. And yeah, it is a neat show. It 
it shows where the guys come from. Yeah, it's it not the gives same. you a little insight on their background and what's what's going on with them. It's not the same kind of fishing show as all those other fishing shows. It's definitely got a very unique feel to it or layout on it. They actually talk about the people, not just the fishing. They talk about fishing too, but they talk about you know yeah. their history, how they got started, why they fish, you know, the struggles that people go through in real life, and you know. It's it, it's a really neat show, so I think everybody out there definitely needs to catch an episode or two before they hear Ronnie Green, because Ronnie Green is awesome. He's one of the guys I met at the Classic. Yeah, yeah, you did. So, I'm really excited. I remember you called me, you were so excited about that, it was really cool. Well, I was still on a, I was still on a Bill Dance high. True. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how awesome That's is very it? True. I literally that day I literally walked away. I took my picture with Bill Dance, got his autograph, walked over to the restroom, come out of the ba- out of the restroom and see Mark Zona and then walk up the stairs to go outside and get a bit of fresh air and run into Ronnie Green and stand there and talk to him for fifteen minutes. I mean, I was just, it was back to back to back to back so fast. It was so awesome. It is. It's, I I can't wait to get to do something like that. It sounds like so much fun. Now, I know, I know that we talked, Randy talked about Tennessee coming up and they, and Smith Lake coming up, but you know, you have a Bass Pro Tour event coming to a lake near you, sir. I do. Are you gonna? And I gotta try to get there. I was gonna say, are you gonna try to make it? I'm gonna try at least for one day. I'm not sure what day it would be yet. I'm hoping. I'm to gonna do have the to same check thing. with my work schedule and see if I can get that. Um, I know that if need be, because I know that they do. Um, I know they fish all throughout the whole week, and they end up on. They finish on Sunday. On yeah, on Sunday, and they fish for like seven days straight. Like you have one group that fishes one day, and then another group fishes the next day. And for you listeners out there that haven't watched the um, MLF now, they're live streaming for the Bass Pro Tour events. You guys need to, man. I watched it all weekend, all week last week, and it was awesome. It was so much fun. I was so excited. It was just really, really neat. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'm, I, uh, there's a good chance I can get down there on Sunday. Track some of the guys that are still there. See if I can't get to talk to some of them. That would be really cool, man. I think you'd really enjoy it. Uh, but. Oh yeah, I know I would. On that note, I think we're going to go ahead and say bye. Um, to all of our listeners out there. Um, you got anything to say to the, to our fans? I don't. Just uh, just keep it cool. Go fish, man. Especially right. if you're in Missouri, and evidently Curtis is talking about it's pretty nice there in Abilama. <laughs> Get out. Go fishing. That's right. All righty, guys. Thank you for listening again, and we want to spend a, send a special th- um, shout-out to Randy Howe, and thank you again so much, sir. And while you guys are out there, man, Keep it better than you found it, all right, guys? Have a good one. See ya. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and CastBox. Next week, we have Ronnie Green from the TV show A Fishing Story. It's a great episode. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Talk to you then. Yeah.